Did you think mechanically I wanted bonuses? That's so cute. <laughs> we should put a fucking spinner on this thing. You know, like the cars with their 20-inch wheels. Hello there. It's your GM, Alex. How's it going? Thanks for joining us for another episode of Tuesday Gaming. We've got a pretty cool announcement this week. If anyone's available the first weekend in November, uh, keep your calendars empty because we're going to be heading up to old Killington, Vermont for Carnage 22. That's right. The premier gaming convention, the Northeast, United States. We're going to be there. We're going to be having a blast, walking around, taking people's money, press ganging, hand out business cards. Matt and I are going to be running our very own uh, our very own games while we're there. So if you're so inclined, uh, get on that uh, Carnage 22 website. Uh, very easy to navigate. And uh, make sure you reserve your, your spot now because there are not very many. As I've said before, you can do your part to support our podcast by heading over to Patreon. And uh, giving us a little pledge. You can just follow us on Patreon. You don't need to pledge. It's, uh, it's always a plus, though. If uh, you don't have the money but still want to support the the group, you can always go onto your podcast distributor of choice and give us a review. Rate us. The best one to do that with is iTunes. They're the big ones. They got the most uh, iPod listeners. They got the most coverage. We'll get the most visibility with those. Or you can just spread the word. Uh, amongst your friends if you've got some of those tell them to uh give us a listen what however you decide to support the podcast even if it's just listen to this episode i salute you please enjoy episode 70 out cursed spot motherfucker <laughs> there we go <laughs> welcome back to tuesday Samuel gaming <laughs> <laughs> we are swiss army scorpion fucking plug. from beyond the grave <laughs> I miss him. I don't miss him. But what do you say? You guys get press gang for old time's sake. <laughs> I'd like to see them try. So we have some unfinished business with uh, Scram and some Dex poison. Scram made one Fortitude save and failed and took Dex damage, and then Devoth cut the anemone apart, and I promptly forgot about it. So <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Go ahead and give me. A fortitude save. Uh, wizards are very fortitude-y. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, they are. Oh, wait, do I have spells? I might have spells. Eh, I'd let the kid figure it out on something. Yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> How else is he going to learn? Get back to me. <laughs> when he, like, don't let him die, but, like, also, you know, sometimes you got to let him struggle a little bit to find their limitations. You can't die from dex damage, so it's fine. Just Yeah, but just you're going to get paralyzed just let this at the bottom <laughs> Under of the, the, sea. the ocean. Is yeah. it a sickness? It's a poison. Uh, What's your fort save, Tom? 17. Fresh out of poison. 17. That fails. What? No. Oh, oh, so gross. Oh, no. You take one dex damage. Oh, shit. Uh, you got plenty another. of those. We'll make you a little rascal scooter. We'll get you around. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give him one with a straw that he can blow in. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. 20. That passes. That is Yay. your third save. You need two consecutive saves out of six. Oh, this sucks. So give me so another. Do it again. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a natty one. Oh. oh. That sounds about right. 
Well, I got a natty one on my D6, so take one dex damage. Ooh. All right. We re-roll, Alex. Yeah, re-roll. <laughs> Zero point. I'll re-roll after Tom re-rolls Ooh. for the fifth fortitude save. Remember who gave you Chinese food? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twelve. Scram, you take three dex damage. Oh, oh my god. god. We're all just watching this dude wither to death. <laughs> what's, your, what's your dex stat? Mine, dex. I'm at minus eight out of 15, so seven. seven. Oh, you're fine. Dude, and he rolled two ones in there? No he problem, rolled two ones man. and two threes. Yep. Last fort save. Let's go. Jesus. Twelve. Two dex damage. And the, coi- the poison has run its course. But not without crippling scram. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Is is your, your dex is what five right now? It's like a negative three. Yeah, it's negative a- three modifier. <laughs> oh, oh my god, that ain't good. Russo, <laughs> we're still gonna finish searching the ship, right? Of course we are. <laughs> Tom, you're just like you feel like your whole body is like a callus. Uh, like you're just like one giant bee sting right now. Like it just it just hurts to to move to like swim. You're like uh, the fucking little brother from Christmas Story. You can't put your arms down. Wait, is, he, is, is it like callus or bee sting? Because if it's like callus, can I just like tie a rope to an arrow and shoot him and we'll just drag him around? <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't do that if it was a bee sting? Well, but then it would actually hurt him. You know, like a callus. If, no, you know what I'm talking about? Like if you have a callus on your hand yeah. and like you push it with a knife, that doesn't fucking hurt. You have a bee sting and you push it with a knife, that'll hurt. Now... What happens if he steps on another one? He's <laughs> fucked. <laughs> He'll probably take on average another another ten dex damage. Okay, so maybe maybe look out for those. Okay. In, in game, I am, I-, I am actively perceiving my environment at all times. Wherever I step, oh my god, that's a barnacle. Don't step there. <laughs> all right. So on the plus side, we can just speed right through this whole level of the ship. Well, except for Tom. The rest. Of <laughs> The cold is taken over, just like kind of like anybody else having trouble like moving their fingertips, kind of thing. <laughs> On the plus side, we can just kind of skate through this whole level. Some of you are coming up the stairs, some of you swam out and up. So I'll just go through these really quick. B4 is the main deck. So the main deck has been swept clean and the railing is smashed in several pieces. Only Broken stays and snapped ropes remain to indicate that two longboats were stored next to the steps to the quarterdeck. B5, workroom and ship stores. It's a bunch of broken ship. It's very messy. Nothing of value. B6 nothing? is... Nothing. B6... Are you sure? N- uh, yes. B6 is <laughs> the larder. It? Okay, assholes. Let me read you the whole description of the room. Workroom and no, ship no, stores. No, no, sorry. Tools, casks of pitch, workbenches, and spare ship supplies clutter this small and messy work area. Moving on. B6. Kind of sounds like you could have just said there was nothing in there and moved on. <laughs> I'm <on> a perception <laughs> check. <laughs> Yo, hero point it. <laughs> I'll take a 20. <laughs> it is my last one, I should. <laughs> B6 is the larder. Uh, it's a bunch of festering pantry food. Nothing of value. B7 <laughs> is the galley. The door is kind of wedged shut from all the cooking gear, but give it some time and you can force your way in and you see a dead cook trapped under a heavy bench. B8, the crew quarters. Here, a crowd of suspended hammocks obscures vision in these quarters along with overturned chairs and scattered clothing. Some of you would have popped up here from the stairs. 
Everybody can make a perception check for me. 23. Oh. 24. 16 for Devoth. Anybody get under a 15? No. No. All right. Then between all of you looking around this area, because apparently you're searching every nook and cranny of every single (laughs) room of this ship. God damn it. You find a total of 77 gold pieces and assorted coins and other personal items. You also find a board game called Wyvern's Race with pieces finely crafted from citron and bloodstone worth 175 gold for the set. We should play a game. Yeah, that sounds fun. On the podcast. Let's play a game right now. It's poker (laughs) 2. I was about to say, if it's as riveting as playing poker with dice. Everybody's strapping. Just play sorry. Now we're trying to ruin friendships now? (laughs) And that's it for this floor. You guys can uh, go upstairs or swim out and up and get to the main deck. But some time has passed. So let's do some uh, pressure and temperature rolls. That's six non-lethal from the cold and five lethal from the pressure. All right, so we're up to B2. I'm hurting. Are you? Well, I have 11 non-lethal and my current HP is 27. Oh, oh. and I'm going to shoot you a heal. Oh, I, I, have, uh, I have two heals left if uh, <laughs> people need heals. But then oh. I, that's all I have. So you heal... You heal 11 from me. Hey, nice mineral. <laughs> he healed all of his non-lethal, though. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Thank you. So, you get up to the quarter deck. The mizzen mast juts up forlornly at the center of this deck. Smoldering sails hang lifelessly in the chill, dark water. Uh, so you can go into B3, the captain's cabin, from here. Yeah, sounds about right. The double doors open into an opulently appointed master cabin. Three curtained windows at the stern hold shattered panes of glass. A large desk remains bolted to the floor. The other expensive fittings have been thrown about. The captain's charts and papers are illegible, despite being inside waterproofed pouches. Probably from the pressure. In a side cupboard, crystal, glassware, and fine porcelain plates are completely smashed, but underneath rests a tray of Talden silverware worth 450 gold as a set. Lying under the large bed is a teak wand of gust of wind with six charges left. Oh, that Tuck, tuck. You should take that. Go ahead and just add that, Andrew. The gust of wind wand for six charges. So uh, the only place left is uh, the tippy top of the ship. We should have started there. Yeah. (laughs) Alex, why did you lead us on this goose chase faster? (laughs) Yeah, we only only got 15 points of plunder. Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, Oh, yeah. Right. That's pretty good, isn't it? The original so, AP is written so that the main thing we needed is at the very beginning. Like, right? It's a Weird. big risk to assume that we would continue looking through the ship. I know. Well, if you didn't, then you would have just lost 12 points of plunder. So I would have been fine with that. All right. Let's, uh, let's poop deck it. So you all swim out to B1. The ship's helm stands still atop this deck, a moldering corpse lashed to the wheel. What do you do? Detect magic. I also detect magic. Ooh. If everyone's doing it, then I guess I will. Peer pressure, peer pressure, peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why everyone's don't you like read a... magic instead? <laughs> Dude, detect magic uh, is the second oh. strongest skill in the game. It's basically the perception of uh, spells. Right, that's why it's the second strongest. Mm-hmm. And I did it. You all detect a moderately strong magical aura coming from the ship's wheel. Everybody who detected magic can make a spellcraft check. While they're doing that, I want to hack the body that's gripping it apart. I rolled a one. (laughs) 
Devoth, so Devoth just, I'm bored. <laughs> no, like, we, I, we've we had underwater dead things come back and attack us before. Devoth's not taking any chances. All right, all right, all right. 29. Attaboy, Scram. Ooh. There, carry us. All right, that is sufficient. Who needs fucking dexterity? <laughs> all he has to do is know things. Yeah. You identify Jalazar's wheel. Handles of polished bone and grim skulls decorate this ornately carved ship's wheel. When grasped, the wheel's handles feel comfortably smooth. Those who stand watch at the wheel claim to hear the whispered guidance of Captain Jalazar and occasionally feel ghostly hands holding the ship's course true. Are you telling me this ship was fast because it has a sick wheel? When fitted to the helm of a ship... Jalazar's wheel grants a plus five competence bonus on sailing checks to turn the ship with the hard to port or hard to starboard actions. Oh my god. The wheel also halves the penalty on sailing checks made when turning the ship while traveling at three or more times the ship's acceleration. In addition, the ship's pilot can combine a hard to port or hard to starboard action with a full ahead or heave to action as a full round action up to three times per day. So you can basically like fucking like fishtail the ship. (laughs) Like wow. you're like you're a fucking we, dragster. We can Tokyo drift yeah. our ship. Yeah, it sounds yes, a lot like sick. that last scene of like. Battle we need to ship. download some Eurobeat. <laughs> yep, yep. Dude, our boat's getting pretty decked out. Special wheel, special trinket, special hull. Tom now has special siege artillery. So with that, you seem to have discovered the secret of the Brine Banshee. It was staring you in the face the whole time. Yeah, but we got rich in the process. So whatever. So what do you guys do now? Take our loot and get the fuck back to our ship. Uh, but before you get up, uh, no. I'm going to do one more. That's two non-lethal from the cold and six lethal from the pressure. But with that, you guys are able to surface. I'm assuming you're bringing the magical steering wheel with you. Yes. All right. What do you guys do now? It seems like the only thing left on your to-do list for the foreseeable future is the Shackles Regatta. So I think our next order of business, we should sail... This ship that we conquered with the dryad, the dryad's grave. We should take that back to Quent and sell it. You son of a bitch! <laughs> and sell the people too? <laughs> no, they can just go on their way. I don't care. Sell the Into slaves, slavery? No, <laughs> that's a oh, bad wait. idea. <laughs> oh wait! <laughs> no, we'll, we'll we'll sell off the ship and then we will head to uh, back to Tidewater Rock to check in since it's been quite a long time since we've done that. So you're going to Quent to sell the ship, and then you're going to Tidewater Rock? Yes. I checked the ship to see if it has any explosives on <laughs> at all. I think we emptied their armory as, like, as yeah, plunder. Yeah, yeah, you did. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got their armory and, and shit as uh, plunder. So, yeah, you, uh, you sell the Dryad's Grave at Quent for a cool five Gs. Now... I have more than 5,000. Would I be able to buy this boat? <laughs> <laughs> no, you sell it for half. Yeah, I think the the boat itself is actually worth 10, and we sold it for 5. I mean, you could get Devoth to sell it to you, I guess. For I seven. mean, this for seems seven. pretty <laughs> impulsive, but I feel like I'm going to be sitting there watching us sell a boat and be like, damn, why don't I have a boat? And I'm like, oh yeah, because I'm under Devoth, but damn, to have a boat. Is that you know, how just you watch it? Cheryl? He just buys a boat and goes off on his own. All right, maybe, anybody's yeah, maybe character that's who wants to leave right now <laughs> buys it. Nah, he's he's going to leave it here as like his little like houseboat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll park it on the lawn. <laughs> yeah, that'll All go right. good in the pirate world. 
All right, so I guess everyone add a thousand from the sale of the boat, and uh, then um, everyone add another five hundred and fourteen from like just miscellaneous items and loot that we found. That's just like you know that the board game and the sextant and like mm-hmm. random coins and jewelry and sextant. stuff. Are you selling any plunder while you're here? I'm gonna say that selling the ship is probably a day a day's job though. Oh yeah, that that I'm fine with that. That sounds about right. Um, we probably should unload some of it just because we have to wait so long when we go to port peril well this is the thing we when we get to port peril there are five points of plunder waiting for us in the city that we can sell while we're waiting on the quarantine and we'll get more money for the plunder there well wouldn't it make sense to just then spend a couple days here so we just make it a little quicker either way we're gonna have to wait a little bit because what's the quarantine seven days yes but i'd rather like start getting that over with rather than put it off and have to wait longer you do have a deadline for when the regatta starts. Yeah, uh, like okay. I, I want to be in Port Peril like, with enough time to pre- prepare and get everything ready for that. All right, so you go to Tidewater Rock. How many days did it get to uh, take for us to get over to Quent? It took you about a day to get to Quent. And then you spent a day there selling the ship. And it's going to take you a day to get to Tidewater Rock. Sounds about right. So you arrive at Tidewater Rock, and it would appear that everything's fine. All right. So upon arriving at Tidewater Rock, we are going to promote Badger Medlar to uh, Sergeant at Arms for said rock, opening up an officer's position. Yeah, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have to promote Tuck Tuck to Bosun because he's my little sailor bird. <laughs> yeah, sailor bird, that's me. Uh, so you get to Tidewater Rock and you have four points of plunder waiting for you. Nice. Nice. Oh. It, it it happens to be. The Thresher that is docked at Tidewater Rock when you get there. So you got Captain Knuckles Gripe there to welcome you. Okay. Ahoy, Captain Devoth. Captain Knuckles. How have the Shackles been treating you? Very, very well, I must say. Glad to hear it. Captain Sendera and I have been making our rounds in the Fever Sea and uh, been quite successful at it. So I see. You've been doing good work. Is this just happening, like, this exchange out in the open? Yeah. This is, like, when we arrive, like, walking yeah. walking in the front door, like, hey, how you doing? I would uh, I would kind of nudge Cheryl and say, who's this guy? Well, I don't know. I've never seen him before in my life. <laughs> That's Cheryl, not true. Yes, you have. There. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> All right. So, Cheryl, can I make a sense motive check on his bluff? <laughs> I'm not sure if it would register, because I feel like that's just... Cheryl being absent-minded is not lying. <laughs> rolled an 18. Cheryl, to refresh your memory, this is the guy that was the first mate under Isabella Inkskin Locke. Oh. And after she died, oh, yeah. uh, Devoth appointed him captain of that ship. In fairness, Cheryl probably doesn't remember this, because he was large and not getting through the castle efficiently, so he missed <laughs> all that. Well, he was there like when I, when I like, announced this and everything, and we've been sailing around with the guy for a while. Well, then yeah, I don't know. True. He's just dumb. I don't know what to tell you that. And actually, no, like yeah. Hood and Tuck Tuck, you would know who Knuckles is, too, because, like, all three ships kind of made our way up to Port Peril together, so, like, he would have been around when you joined the crew. Oh, really? Yeah. Anyway, uh, you guys can uh, grab your plunder, spend the night, and then head off to Port Peril the next day. That's the plan. So we have 24 plunder on us and another five waiting five for waiting. us in Port Peril. So 29 total, 
and the minimum we can sell that for is eleven hundred, right? Uh, yes, with like our current bonuses and stuff. Minimally divided by five, it looks like another almost six and a half grand. We might have to do some uh, out of game planning for a sweet purchase. That'll be between sessions. We can look and see. Yeah. What. Because we're essentially going to have like two weeks worth of time at Port Peril that we're going to be selling. And we're not going to be able to sell all of that before the regatta. Because we like it takes one day to sell one point of plunder. We don't have 20, 29 days before the regatta starts. No, I'd say you have like a week once you get there. Like you're probably going to have to leave as soon as your quarantine is over, actually. Oh, I thought we had like a week and a half at least yet. I don't remember how much time I gave you the last time I gave you a window. But I do know it is the 21st of the month, and Abadius is the name of the month, and there's 31 days. Uh, you're basically in Galarian's January right now. So once you get to Port Peril, it'll be a day and a half trip there. It'll be the 22nd, uh, so it'll be the 29th uh, by the time you quarantine is over, and the race is on the 1st of the next month. Okay, so basically we're only going to be able to sell these five points of plunder that are in Port Peril. Alternatively, you could, instead of going to Port Peril, just go to Quent. No, it'd be a shorter trip, not by enough to really make a difference, I guess. Uh, It'd be another day instead of a day and a half. It'd be Uh, one extra point of plunder. You can sell plunder from your ship the whole time. This is something I wanted to ask. Um, That warehouse that... Like Tessa gave us the contents of of that warehouse mm-hmm. as a reward. Is that warehouse now ours to use too, or just no. the contents until we sell it? The understanding is that the next time you're in Port Peril, you're gonna empty out that warehouse. What and whatever you do with this with the contents, she doesn't care. But then she wants to use that warehouse as soon as she can. Okay. Uh so I mean if you're not going to Port Peril until, you know, whenever, like she would, and she would probably understand. Like the seven day quarantine sucks in Port Peril. Like if you're, if you're on a, a time crunch, like it, it's a, it's a fairly known like factor. Like when you're when you're trying to plan around stuff, like oh well, we can't go to Port Peril because you know that'll make us late for blah blah blah. Right. So you know you don't have to go to Port Peril to appease Tessa and her uh, payment, but. You know, obviously, you don't sit on that forever, right? Well, no, I was more asking for the fact that, like, could we like sell the five points that are there and just like dock the ship at the, uh, you know, that that little cove that we found and just bring the plunder and refill the warehouse so that we have a stockpile yeah. next time we come back during quarantine. Nope. <laughs> no, but that'd be sweet. that's what the advantage to going to Quent right now would be, right? Because we're essentially gonna have to go through quarantine twice. So if we Go to Quint. Granted, we're not going to be able to sell any more plunder than we normally would. But, but we'll be selling our five... own plunder, which will you know, right. free up so space then, in our ship. Then we go to Port Peril. Let's say we're only there a day before the race. We're going to have to dock again and go through the seven days again, and we'll have the five in the warehouse to sell on the second quarantine. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, so yeah, let's head, let's head to Quint then to sell stuff while we're waiting for the regatta to start and then we'll make sure we're in port peril for the start of the regatta well okay. or, we... right that's where it starts is in port peril you're not sure so yeah we should uh, go to quent and ask about that <laughs> yeah no you gave me the you gave me the flyer <laughs> from yeah. uh nader the Seder. Yeah. can i uh get <laughs> off the flyer it doesn't give you a starting point uh however devoth i need a saving throw from you 
A saving throw, you say? A will saving throw. That's a natural one. <gasps> oh, what? No. So this happens the first night after you secure your plunder from the Brine Banshee. We're going back a little bit. Devoth, you are awoken in your captain's cabin by the sound of raspy breathing. Okay. You open your eyes and you see a skeletal figure. I immediately reach for my axe. It's not there. The skeletal figure has loose skin and sinew and tattered clothes and they all seem to be like shifting and swaying as if you were both like deep under the ocean and it just stares at you and you're not sure if you're even awake right now you can't really move like you reach over to get your axe you realize it's not there and then you have the kind of like sleep paralysis going on and the skeleton points a finger at you and he says you came to my resting place and you defiled my remains i curse you you will never know safety again you will only know the curse of Jalazar. And you wake up in a foppish sweat. This dude obviously doesn't know Devoth. He hasn't known safety in <laughs> how long? Devoth, you have gained Jalazar's curse, which has no duration. Oh, perfect. <laughs> and you will take a minus four penalty on all saving throws, skill checks, and ability checks while on board any ship. Ooh. Oh my what? god. It would appear that uh, while it was probably smart to be weary of undead creatures just kind of hanging out, uh, it was not a good idea to defile the corpse that you found lashed to the steering wheel. Oh. I regret nothing. <laughs> yeah. What... <laughs> so, Devoth, when you, uh, when, when you like wake up properly for the day and you're like getting ready, you notice a, a black spot. On your wrist, below your palm. Oh shit! All right. Would dispel magic work on a curse or something mm. like that? No, but I'm going to. Uh, I think there's remove curse. Yeah, I'm gonna call in my uh, my lucky bird and my master at arms. Ooh, master at arms. <laughs> call uh, Cheryl and Tuck Tuck into the captain's cabin for a meeting. I uh, call you guys in there What's and up? sit you down. So I uh, I had this really weird dream last night. I guess the guy that uh, the guy that we took the steering wheel from did not quite appreciate it, and I kind of like hold up my wrist and show him the the black spot on it. I flinch as if you're gonna hit me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually not one for curses, but uh, that was not there yesterday. Uh, do you guys know any way of uh, dealing with something like this? You guys can. Yeah, make... let old Cheryl take a crack at it. You guys can make uh, spellcraft checks. That's a big dick 32, natural 20. Ooh. Somebody's flexing. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh. <laughs> he knows everything yes. about this curse. Remove curse is a third level cleric spell and a fourth level wizard spell, uh, but druids cannot learn it. Uh, alternatively, you would know that there's usually like an exit clause besides the spell remove curse that'll lift most curses, uh, usually specific to the curse usually tied to how it was obtained or the circumstances around uh, oh, the yeah. casting of the spell. So in this case, Devoth says that he received it after uh, stealing the 
steering wheel, while that may be like laterally correct. Returning to the scene of the curse and doing some sort of holy man prayer ritual wouldn't be a bad start. Yeah, I'm going to do you one better. I talk to my God directly once a day, all right? Yeah. So I'm just going to ask her to mail it in and let me know how to how to fix this. She, <laughs> she, You say, I want to do this, and she tells you if it's a good or bad idea. You can't ask yeah, her so how to be... life solve this problem. <laughs> I, I might be guessing for a while, but like eventually. <laughs> it's like 20 questions, right? You can answer anything in 20 questions. Okay. I don't know if he has 20 days to live with this curse, but I know I can do it. All right, well... What is what is your question on day one? Would it be a good idea to apologize to this dude? Because sometimes you just say like, "Listen, pal, I'm sorry." Sorry. About that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a, like a big oil spill. <laughs> <laughs> so give give me your exact wording for this uh, for this augury. Lord Phrasma in the sky, it is I, Cheryl. I need to know. I must know. Should Devoth apologize to the curse guy? <laughs> It just looks down at note card. <laughs> looks at notes written on back of hand. <laughs> Shuffles the deck. You you get the answer, whoa. Whoa. That means no, I think. It means apologizing would be a bad idea. Apologizing or would not accomplish would the goal idea. that you want. Actually, yeah, I guess it wouldn't be a bad thing. I think it'd just be nothing. Apologizing would do nothing. Oh, okay. Okay, you know how, like, doctors are trained to give, like, bad news? Yeah. I'm, like, practicing that in this meantime, too, because there's going to be, like, days where, you know, I'm going to be like, well, Devoth, uh, I asked for asthma, and uh, apologizing to him won't matter, so All right. more to come. Scram. More to come. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Why would I apologize? I just thought that might help. Usually that helps sometimes, but in this case, it would not help, so don't bother. All right, well... In the meantime, actually, since this happened the day after, like, this happened, like, right after the whole thing with when we came up from the ship, right? Yeah, this would have been... Like, before we got your, to Quent? Yeah, like on, on the way, way to Quent. Quent the first time. Okay, then uh, once we arrive in Quent, uh, Devoth is going to go out and buy both a Divine Scroll of Bestow Curse... You mean remove curse? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a very ag- yeah, a very aggressive fight fire with fire. <laughs> I have cancer. Let me inject another thing to eat the cancer. But yeah, no. Devoth is going to go buy a divine scroll of remove curse and an arcane scroll of remove curse. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I give the divine one to Cheryl. Tell him to write it in his book. And I give the oh. arcane one to Scram and tell him to write it in his book. That is genius. So this is your new I'll priority. do that right away. <laughs> so after that, you guys go to Tidewater Rock, you pick up some plunder from there, and then you go back to Quent. Yes. Fourth level spell is one eight-hour day to scribe into your spell book. Nice. So does that mean they would each have an attempt at doing using the spell? Well, then they have access to it as part of their daily preparation, so they could each prepare right. it like three times so a day and just keep trying. Qu- better. What, what type of spell is... Uh, Dispel curse or it's, uh, it's an it, abjuration spell. Oh, oh is hey, that your? Uh... Yeah, no. Hey, Devoth. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna lie here, bud. Uh, abjuration is not really my forte. I mean, I can prepare it, but it... oh, you can prepare it. Good. 
<laughs> uh, that, that just means you need to practice. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, okay, I guess uh, I guess having an extra spell in my book isn't terrible. It just requires you to basically. I know, it, t- it takes up two, two slots to two prepare it, right? Slots. Yeah. 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 So you're never. You're, so you're only going to prepare this thing on a, on downtime. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. This is not going to be like an everyday thing. This is like, oh, someone needs a curse removed. Let me prepare yeah, that right. today. <laughs> all right. So here's how remove curse works. Uh, remove curse can remove all curses on an object or a creature. If the target is a creature, you must make a caster level check, one d twenty plus caster level, against the DC of each curse affecting the target. Success means that the curse is removed. Remove curse does not remove the curse from a cursed shield, weapon, or suit of armor. Although a successful yeah. caster level check enables the creature afflicted with any such cursed item to re- remove and get rid of it. So uh, the DC to beat is 18 right. for Scram and Cheryl. So I just need one of you to roll a 10. Could be here a while. Yeah, okay. I guess I'll go for it. I can prepare... It's a it's, it's a third level spell day, for right? you, yeah, Cheryl. Yeah, so I'll prepare three the next day that I have it, and then uh, let's get you uncursed. I like how apprehensive you were about that, Joe. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, I guess. Well, I'm learning, right? It's like here, write this down. Yeah. I'm like, okay, <laughs> scribing it in. I'm writing it. I'm studying. Okay, now do it to me, the captain. <laughs> okay, here we go. Hope this works. <laughs> Talking to Phrasma would have got us there, but if you want to go on sooner, <laughs> I guess. Uh, by the way, Devoth, uh, that would have cost you 1,075 gold for the two scrolls. Okay. Oh, that's... Well, no, that's actually less than I thought. <laughs> it's 700 for the fourth level scroll and 375 for the third level scroll. Oh, that's right. It was only a third level cleric scroll. I, I charged myself for two fourth level scrolls. So it was 1075. I'm saving you money already. 1075. Paying for myself. Okay. All right. Let's, let's uh, see some caster level checks. Here it comes. Oh, 15. Ooh, not enough. Oh, how many was it? You 18. need an 18. Here it comes again. Building suspense. Building suspense. Ooh, yeah, 27. There it is. 27 Boom. does it. All right, so Devoth's curse is short-lived. Yep, and I tell Jalazar, uh, as I see the black spot fade off of my wrist, I just kind of like look, <laughs> I look over the side of the ship, kind of shake my fist at the water and tell Jalazar to fuck off. <laughs> Joe, that made me realize you should probably be preparing a couple rounds of lesser restoration too for the oh yeah, because we... yeah, you should be healing scram daily. Oh, yeah, <laughs> does tuck tuck still have ability damage? <laughs> I completely no. forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, by the yeah. time by the time the race starts, he'll have healed up naturally. That's like ten days away. Yeah. I mean, I just <laughs> look not... like on shore, like I have rickets or something. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Got a touch of the scurvy. <laughs> Just start squeezing lemons on them. (laughs) 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 All right. So, I mean, I'm not super worried about it. Scram will get his dex damage healed. Yeah. We've got enough downtime that it's just prepared enough that it's taken care of. Yeah. So let's cut right to it. You guys now have about a week to get ready for the regatta. And by get ready, you mean force people to buy our goods for more than market value. Well, sure, but uh, I mean, any scrolls, magic items, etc. You guys want to purchase to prepare. You guys have a pretty good idea of what to expect with this regatta, including issues that might affect the ship, issues that might affect the crew, uh, navigation. You, you've you've got a good idea of what to expect. So, if you think you're duly prepared, we can just make some 
plunder sale checks and move right to the regatta. So just going before we even get to the plunder, just selling off like the random item loot that we got, like the Masterwork Club, a Cloak of Resistance, the plus two trident, braces of armor plus one, just selling all that stuff off and dividing it up. Each of us gets 1,060, 1060. All right, so I guess you guys want to start selling some plunder? Uh, yes. So you guys would have about seven days before you have to leave. And you know that within that last week is when the location of the starting line is revealed. So, you know, you, you just know that you got to stay put and keep your ears perked. And just from word of mouth, you'll you'll find out where you need to go. Okay. All right. So I just subtracted eight points of plunder from our total. Because one point goes to the crew, and the other seven are going to be what we sell. So okay. let's do that. I need uh, intimidate checks to, to Boom. assist. Got you with a nice 10. Yeah. Grr. 12. So that's a 36. And Gallant Inspiration gives us another 6 to put us over 40. Woo. So that gives us 1,200 gold for the first one. And do it again. I got a 14. 14. 29 so that's uh 33 plus the inspiration makes it 37 so that's only 1100 gold that time oh you suck all right and again 13 got a one so that's uh 22 and 2 is 24 and the inspiration is another six to give us back up to 30 yeah (laughs) so that's done all right on that third day i have the item oh so Scram has Woo. finished uh, Tuck Tuck's belt of decks. Belt of decks. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's a headband of wisdom. You just tighten the belt to your forehead and it gives you wisdom. <laughs> it's like a reversible belt. All right, let's go day four. Ooh. Oh, go, 20. Yeah, I'm crushing these fools with my intimidate. What's a six? <laughs> All right, so that's a 28. A gallant inspiration that guarantees me over 30, but less than 40. So it's another 1100. All right, we got three more days, guys. Two from Hood. 19. Two from uh, Scram. Cheryl. Oh, oh and Cheryl I jinxed fails. myself. Cheryl's got the shits that day. All right, so we're sitting <laughs> at a 32. If I get lucky. Oh, 39. Oh, so gross. All right, two more, boys. Hey. Ooh. That green 19. Ooh, that green 19. <laughs> oh, oh, green 20, 20. Get wrecked, nerd. <laughs> So plus four on my 31 is a 35. Wait, did I seriously just crit these intimidate checks yeah. twice? Fucking and there's a 40. Oh, God man. damn it. All right, it's one so more. so annoying. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right, it's a plus six. <sighs> my 21 gives us a... Uh, 28. So another 1100. Ooh. Not too shabby. You guys got like... 7,900 in total. Oh, so close to 8,000 even. That's 1,580 each. So, uh, with like two days to go with this seven-day stay at Quent, uh, the word is out. The starting line for the regatta will take place on Cauldron Rock. At Cauldron Rock, because the ships have to stay in the water. (laughs) Cauldron Rock is like the northernmost island in the Shackles that's still big enough for most maps. So there's this giant exodus out of Quent. You guys hang around for another couple days, sell some more plunder. And I mean, there's still there's still some ships leaving when you guys leave. Everybody's going north. 
It'll be a little over a day and a half for you to get to Cauldron Rock. So you guys are uh, you're en route to Cauldron Rock, and it is the uh, it is the night before you'll arrive. Scram, make a will save. Oh no, I don't like this. Didn't make it ten. Scram, you have a nightmare. <laughs> oh, Ooh. I keep on getting these. The howling wind claws at your face as it shrieks in your ear. In the distance, the famous superstorm, the Eye of Abendago, floats on the water's surface. Lightning bolts stab the air around the massive swirling vortex, and thunder crackles through the sky. Any other surroundings are obscured by a heavy, sticky fog, like spiderwebs turned into mist. It's time for the race to begin. You turn your head away from the storm and look at your captain, Father Hall. You shake your head. You try to shout objections over the roaring thunder, but can barely even hear yourself. The ship begins to move, and you can feel yourself panicking. Your heart punches your chest as you strain your muscles to move, but can only stand in place, helpless as the ship takes you away. You continue to squirm and strain against your own body. You don't know where the ship's taking you, but... You would break your own legs if it meant getting away. A huge shape approaches the ship. As the ship gets closer, the shape breaks through the fog. You see a statue. The statue in front of Hell Harbor's City Hall. Except it's been blown up to massive proportions. In front of the statue, you see a similarly blown up, albeit younger, version of yourself. Younger Scram's arm is being firmly held in place by a city guard, standing opposite your mother. He did what to the statue? The guard struggles for a moment as young Scram attempts to pull his arm free. If he was my kid, I'd have boxed his ears red. The statue and accompanying scene drift past the ship. Father Hall steps into your view. The race is almost over. You scream with all your might, but the surrounding thunder swallows up all the noise as soon as it leaves your mouth. If you get to the finish line, something truly horrible will happen. Father Hall looks up at something far above your head and grins. Now, Scram. You need to climb to the crow's nest. You turn around to look at the mainmast, but instead of a tall, narrow beam of wood, you see a hat, blown up to similar proportions as young Scram, sitting in the middle of the main deck. For its proportions, it's an almost comically tall hat with dark, faded vertical stripes of red, magenta, turquoise, purple, and blue. You still can't move. Even if you could, you would refuse. Something terrible is on top of that hat. Still, you can feel Father Hall's hands on your back, pushing you toward the hat, your feet sliding along the wooden planks. You arrive at the sinister hat, pretending to be a ship's mast, and Father Hall's hands continue to push on your back, and your feet proceed to slide up the hat. It's a long ascent, and you can only stand and watch, as the poorly stitched, uneven lines separating the vertical stripes wind their way under your feet. The top grows closer, and with each foot up, both the volume of the knocks and your panic rise. It's becoming harder to breathe. You claw at your throat as you fail to suck any air into your lungs. All you can taste is salt water. You realize with a shock that the entire ship is underwater. Your lungs are failing because you're drowning. You can see the surface above you, just below the top of the hat. Suddenly, your panic at climbing up disappears, and you can't reach the top fast enough. At long last, you breach the surface, and you can move on your own. You can see the Eye of Abendago swirling in the distance below the water's surface, as if you were watching it from far above the clouds. You finish the climb to the crow's nest, using your own limbs, and behold the sea around you. Pure emptiness.
you've never known such peace. Even the water is completely flat, like the surface of a pond. A pond that goes on forever in all directions. Your heart rate slows as your panic abates. Perhaps it's over. Finally, we can talk. An all-encompassing voice sounds from everywhere, as if this infinite sea was just the mouth of some impossibly mammoth creature. It sends ripples through the surface of the glass-like water, and you can feel the crow's nest shake at the vibrations. You're nearly thrown to the floor, but catch yourself on the handle. And suddenly, you realize you can speak. Ugh. <laughs> I don't Alright. Uh, who... Who are you? The baritone of this huge voice sends ripples through the water. You can feel the vibrations on the handle through your hand going up your arm. You don't know. We've been traveling together for some time. Me as your prisoner. I am the one who warned you about the satyr. Before that, I am the one who policed the evil Kuru tribes of these islands when they sought conquest of the civilized nations. Before that, I carved the shackles from the mainland when the Cyclopes of Golgan had yet to rule over Galarian. Some call me the Island Eater. I am Gargolavo. Gargolavo? You're... How did you you get out? I am still in prison, but you can change that. What? What? Why would I... Why would I do that? You found my prison. Knew a skewed history of my deeds. And assumed that the just decision was to keep me imprisoned. But you know nothing, Scram and Nacra. You're... I... Uh... You're right. I, uh... I mean, we go against slave trades and other things like that, but uh, this this is different. This is you're you're an island eater. You'll you'll kill us all. My appetite has claimed many. It is true, but in exchange for your services, I would set my sights beyond the shackles. They are my creation. After all, the title Island Eater was created by my enemies to instill fear and distrust. I'm not a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just can I, misunderstood. Can I roll the sense motive on this? Sure. All right. You dare roll sense motive against me? <laughs> Die. I'll eat you. <laughs> Six. He's making a certain sense. Like, you look at, you know, maybe I'm going too far by saying this, but I think Scram might be able to appreciate where he's coming from uh, as, you know, someone as meek and unassuming as Scram, who is capable of the truly devastating spells that he can cast. And then beyond that, the kind of upbringing he had where, you know, all he wanted to do is prove himself, but... Everybody just treated him like shit. And then you've got this guy who's like, you've got it all wrong. I've got an ugly name, but does that damn me to an eternity of 
being in this egg just because I'm a big shark who people call the island eater. It kind of makes sense to you. He said he policed the evil Kuru tribes. Scram, you would know the Kuru tribes are a bunch of cannibals who live on the the western fringes of the shackles, used to occupy the whole archipelago. So but, what, uh, you eat a little human flesh and you're evil? <laughs> <laughs> I, never, I never said they uh, were one and the same. I said they were evil and cannibals. But And a lot of this is coming from Scram's sixth sense motive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is the line of reasoning I'm kind of And that's why with. you should stop right there, because you're using reasoning. Scram doesn't reason. I I think Scram is probably one of the more reasonable people. <laughs> you were the one that spent a whole night outside the captain's quarters, banging on his door, screaming for Devon. <laughs> I rest reasonably. my reasonably. You're not in this dreamscape right now, Nick. So uh, <laughs> get out. Well, you should just let Tom roleplay it instead of assuming. Admittingly, you've you've given me a lot to think about. I. Uh, how did you get those memories, though? This is a manifestation of your psyche and your memories. I am merely projecting my consciousness within it. Uh, Choice is yours, Scram and Necra. But my offer of generosity will not last forever. And before you can say anything else... Scram wakes up in a pool of sweat. <laughs> a big pool oh of sweat. Oh my god. Sucka. Might be a little bit of pee in there, too. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Good thing he's on a hammock. It just drips right down. Oh, that's true. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, geez. Who is Scram sleeping on above? <laughs> uh, <All> lemon. Right. <laughs> Definitely lemon. Gotta be. So, Scram, you take 10 points of damage. Oh my god. And you are left fatigued and unable to regain arcane spells for 24 hours. You're lucky that's all that happened to you. I don't think I lost any. Yeah, you, didn't, you probably didn't cast yeah, any so the day before. I'm not, so. I'm not devastated, so. And the regatta starts in, like, another day. Even if you were saving your regatta spells, you're fine. Yeah. So, uh, it's the next day, and you guys know that you're going to arrive at Cauldron Rock in about six hours. Yeah. Should we be preparing spells? Are we getting a pep talk or what's going on? Well, you know that you're going to arrive at Culture Rock today, but then the regatta starting tomorrow. Okay, gotcha. So how about that pep talk? (laughs) Tomorrow, maybe. Yeah, you don't pep talk the night before. Oh, well, right. I guess that makes sense. Let's do this (laughs) after we go to bed. I'm just a little uneasy. I've got the projector set up on on the mainsail, and we're going to (laughs) watch... We're going to watch uh, <laughs> Bad Santa 2. <laughs> no, we're going to watch Master and Commander. We're prepping. Okay, so you guys get there, and there's a whole slew of ships. Some of them you recognize. You do recognize Big Blue Blue's ship. You recognize Tessa and her ship. You recognize the Dice Be Damned with Master Cork. And you also see the Wormwood has arrived. Oh, my oh. God. And Devoth, I want you to give me a perception check. It's a 29 perception. So you guys are just kind of like geeking out over all the all the ships here. It quickly becomes apparent that not all the ships here are here to compete. Some of them are just here to to watch as you're as you're just kind of like looking through all the ships going like, oh, I know that ship. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I've seen that ship. Oh, I've heard of that ship. They're, those guys are good. Devoth, you notice 
the flag of a ship you haven't seen in a long time. It is decorated with red chains. You know that this is the branded chain. The slaver ship that captured you many years ago before you even set sail in the shackles. So, fuck the race, we're about to start Pirate World War (laughs) (laughs) 1. Oh no, there's going to be plenty of time for that once the race starts and we're like out of sight of anyone that might want to disqualify us for something. Is that a free captain? No. Mm -hmm. Ah, We don't need to wait for the race to start. She wasn't when she took me captive. She was sailing under the the flag of Cheliax then. I don't know if she still is, and I feel like if she was a free captain, Devoth would have looked over the rolls and found that name right quick. Also, if she was sailing under a Chelyax flag, what she's doing here at this race. Well, she could just be one of the ships that's here to watch. Yeah, and like, the Shackles, like, you can be from Chelyax and defect to the Shackles, like... Like the Lord of Hell Harbor. Yeah, there's a there's a pirate lord who did that. But, yeah, so just because she used to be affiliated with Chelyax does not uh, mean she is not qualified to be a free captain. Um, as we're approaching, I do kind of direct Tuk-Tuk to just, as we're like finding our spot, I make sure that Tuk-Tuk does a pass like plainly within sight of the Wormwood. Okay. And like, like I make sure like, I, like I'm just like staring that thing down as we walk by and I'm just waiting for like Harrigan to make an uh, appearance up on deck. Devoth and Scram, give me perception checks. 17 for Devoth. 22 for Scram. You're passing the Wormwood and you don't see Barnabas Harrigan. You do see Ryrus Crine, the peg-legged master gunner who taught you guys how to board. She sees you guys, and she kind of looks right past you at first, uh, but then she, like, she doesn't even look at you guys first. She sees your flag, and she, like, does a double take. Her eyes, like, follow the main mast down to the, the deck. She sees Captain Devoth and Scram in plain sight, and she just kind of stands there for a minute. While you're passing the Wormwood, she turns around and bolts into the captain's quarters. Uh, before she bolts, I kind of give like a solid salute. Like <laughs> I give her a very mocking salute. <laughs> oh, it's like, hey, how you doing? Nice, nice day for a race, huh? <laughs> me and uh, me and Devoth are like side by side, like just like I know you. We're gonna just, kick I- your ass. So uh, yeah, you guys pass the Wormwood. Ryrus Crying goes into her. Uh, Goes into the captain's quarters. You don't see Barnabas come back out uh, before you finish your pass. I look over at Devoth, who's hopefully standing like next to me. Uh, yeah, I'm nearby at oh, least. Okay. Uh, I give like a solid look. Like we're gonna end them, right? I just look back. Like, oh hell yes, we are. So you guys find a an unclaimed <laughs> spot. Just kind of make yourselves comfortable. And about an hour later, another ship approaches you. It is the Luck of the draw, Tessa Fairwind's flagship. Oh. She yells over, Permission to come aboard, Captain Devoth. I grant it. She lowers her own gangplank and uh, marches over. I'm glad you could make it. I wouldn't miss it. Neither would many captains wanting to uh, boost their reputation. I'll be spectating. Yes, you don't quite need the prize, do you? Not not in this stage of my uh, career. But in addition to the race, I'm glad that you're here for another reason. She pulls out a a small but ornately decorated box. She hands it to you. She says, uh, I made this offer when we first met, and the offer still stands. 
Oh. Is this her banner? It's her pennant. Yes. Uh, see, I'm not sure how to react to this. <laughs> Tell her to pound sand. <laughs> throw it in the ocean. I very much appreciate this gesture, lady. Uh, but I'm uh, I'm going to have to beg leave to give you my answer after the regatta. There's a lot of other ships here, but I'm fairly confident in, in our abilities, so uh, I may not be able to accept this. Well, that's very noble of you. I would have accepted you into my fleet regardless of the outcome of this race. But if uh, if that's the way that you'd like to play it out, that's fine with me. She says, I'll be rooting for you. I'll only be able to catch the the first and last legs of the race, but I wish you luck. Well, I thank you, lady. Um, oh, a quick question. Um, why is that ship here? And I either point to the branded chain if it's in sight or just say, why is, why is that chelish slaver here? Yeah, it's within sight. Cauldron Rock isn't a, a huge island, and the rest of the area is just open water, so you'll be able to see them, even if they're a ways away. Okay. She says, uh, oh, the uh, the Branded Chain, they're, uh, they're relatively new to the game, like you, Devoth. I didn't know they were Chalish slavers, but they wouldn't be the first of their kind to, to move their practices to the shackles. As you know, slavery itself is pretty widely practiced in these islands, even if... Uh, there are many others who would have it abolished. I, I, I'm I, aware of that. I'm just... So you're telling me that that ship is no longer affiliated with Chelyax? Well, they might be. Uh, if they are, it's in private, and I just haven't discovered that they're spies yet. But as far as public perception is concerned, no. They're not affiliated with Chelyax. Uh, in fact, they're free captains, Devoth. She's what? When did that happen? Like I said, they're relatively new to the game, like you. You have a history with that ship? You could say that. Well, as a fellow free captain, I'll just warn you that attacking another ship during the regatta is grounds for disqualification at best. I understand. And uh, the Master of Gales is officiating the race, and he does not tolerate uh, such actions lightly. So, you do you, Devoth, but... You've been warned. I give her like a, a, a little bow. I appreciate it. If I may make a suggestion, since you are likewise protected, uh, and especially with so many witnesses in the area, you might take this opportunity to parlay with that ship and arrange for a time and place for you to settle some sort of disagreement that you might have. Uh, such a Such an arrangement usually is more amicable amongst the shackles politics a very interesting idea how long do we have before this race starts <laughs> she laughs it sta- it starts tomorrow morning at dawn huh excellent thank you uh so tessa bows her head uh she wishes the mascador crew at large good luck for- during the race and she goes back to her ship well then with that bit of information in hand i uh Tell Tuk Tuk to bring us over next to that ship, next oh. to the branded chain. Oh my god, I, love I it. do so. Nobody knows uh, what's going in through the Voth's head right now. I don't think. Nope. All right, so the Mascador pulls up to the branded chain. There's milling ships everywhere, so uh, just approaching isn't typically enough to like warrant the attention of the crew. Like you'll need to hail them or ram them or something. <laughs> yeah, I 
pull up alongside and just kind of like I'm at the the, the railing of the ship and just start calling over and just tell the first crew member that whose attention I can grab to go get their captain. Sure. They go into their captain's quarters and out comes human woman that is all too familiar to you. Keitha Salt Spray. She has uh, two axes strung to her belt and she walks out with a, a bit of swagger in her step. She sees you and she says, can I help you? I certainly hope so. You probably don't remember me. I'm, I, do I look familiar to you at all? She takes a look at you. She looks up at your at your sails. She says, uh, you're the, the so- song cleaver captain, the mascador. Yes, that is true. But uh, we have some history, you and I, that uh, you probably don't remember. I'm sure you don't take very much time to look at the uh, the faces of those you chain up in your hold. She laughs and says, even if I did, if that was you and you show up wearing a mask, doesn't do me much good. That is fair. Well, let me jog your memory then. I was uh, in your hold when uh, Holliger Helmworthy came and kicked your ass. Uh, he would have thrown you and your whole crew overboard if you're, if that other ship hadn't shown up and saved your asses. She looks like she still doesn't really recognize you. But when you say Holliger Helmworthy, a big smile stretches her face. She says, oh, you know Holliger Helmworthy? I do indeed. She kind of like leans over the railing with relish. And she says, next time you're in Port Peril... Why don't you visit the saltfish camps and tell him I said hi? I'll tell him you said hi before you died. How about that? Excuse me? As I said, you don't remember me, but I remember you very well. I propose we have a meeting after the race. One-on-one, we've got a score to settle between us, whether you are aware of it or not. (laughs) Pass. What do I have to prove to you, Song Cleaver of the Mascador? I really don't care what you have to prove to me. I've got the score to settle with you, and it will be settled one way or the other. Well, good luck with that. Be careful sailing the eye. I've heard it can get very rough out there. And I tell Tuck Tuck to sail away. Her retort grows fainter and fainter as you uh, sail away. Like, oh yeah, well, your mother... We (laughs) sail very fast. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, nobody really knows what that was about. But you go back to your little spot and uh you wait it out yeah you guys wake up the next day uh, scram have another nightmare i mean if he does it's not at my hands <laughs> i like to imagine that like like scram wakes up amid like him and holler and like everybody's like running here and there getting ready for the race <laughs> like scram's like holy smokes i'm late and it's like the like the opening of like a 90s movie and he like he like montages his way through the whole ship and like steals toast from like crimson cogs he's about to eat it scram actually so scram had scrying prepared oh okay and would uh, i mean what do you uh, want to yeah. do i want to scry on mom Oh, and I have her locket, so I'm ready to go. Okay, uh, Scram, you cast Scrying. Not super rewarding, Scram, but the scene that you see is of your mother, and she is sitting at a writing desk in a small room. It is a very different looking room from the last one you saw her in. Uh, the last one was like the room of a nice inn. 
It was very nicely furnished. Had a comfortable air to it. This one, this room, it seems like very like suffocating, sinister looking. It's cramped. The the walls are cold stone. The walls are like made of one uniform material, and the material is like a calcified sponge. It looks like it might be soft to the touch, but just based on the fact that like she's in this in this room suggests that it's a sturdy building material. And she is sitting at a writing desk, and she is uh, she's uh, writing in a notebook. And you can direct the scrying sensor to kind of read over her shoulder. Yes, I would like to. She's like, like right, right. Scroll, 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 scroll. She's like crossing stuff out. Right, right, right. Scroll, 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 scroll. And she's like growing more and more frustrated. A lot of what she's writing kind of looks like gibberish to you. But from your knowledge of doing it yourself... You can tell she's trying to write down spells and failing. Like, as if she's trying to, like, scribe scrolls into a spell book. Or just trying to prepare spells. But yeah, she's... And she's just growing, like, more and more frustrated. Like, she's, like, almost on the verge of tears with her frustration. There's nobody else in the room. Alright, so, the, uh, the morning of the race... The captains and their senior officers are called aboard the Master of Gale's ship. Oh, excuse me. Zebek is the style of ship. The name of the ship is the Kraken. So the Master of Gale's hands out flyers to everybody that has uh, the route of the ship. You'll be leaving Cauldron Rock going northeast. You'll hit a landmarker called the Iris which is two tall rocks jutting out of the sea. You need to sail between those rocks and head north. And from there, you enter the Eye of Abendago, heading west, right into it. (laughs) While in the storm, you then go to a landmark called Sharkskin Reef and Pinnacle Atoll. And from there, you will head southwest and exit the storm. And the finish line is back here at cauldron rock the entire race should take you like most of the day based on these landmarks okay so yeah, I, I really was thinking this was going to be like a multi-week or a multi-day thing i didn't realize the, the whole race was just one five day. six days oh. yeah oh sorry well there you go um does anyone have anything to to give us like a fast start like any sort of like wind spell that's gonna actually like w- w- wind spells you say i'm a windy boy what about your uh big gust one there can you just shoot it straight at the sail it's like putting nitrous oh yeah i got i got gusts of wind i got hydraulic torrents and hurricane hurricane blasts i prepared a whole lot of wind good boy good bird uh wind and volcanoes i was i figured you know (laughs) yeah cover all the bases you see why i teamed up with this guy can't go wrong with somebody like that so, uh, the Master of Gales, who you've probably heard a great deal of before this, you know that he's won this race like seven or so years in a row before this. He, You know that he's a very powerful druid, and he's a pirate lord. He's the lord of uh, Tempest K, the northernmost widely populated island of the Shackles. Uh, when you see him, he's about what, what you'd expect of a an old, salty druid, a male human... He's got a long, flowing beard. He's he's like picture picture Dumbledore, 
but lose the hat and robes. He gives you the layout of the of the race, and he ends with, I will remind you all that the Free Captain's Regatta is a nautical race, not a battle or an opportunity to avenge past slights. I will be monitoring the race, and any ship caught attacking or unduly interfering with another competing vessel will be disqualified, or, if necessary, sunk. Nature itself will be the most dangerous enemy you will face, a fact you would be wise to remember if you hope to compete, much less win. The whole time he's saying this, Devoth and Scram, you can't help but notice Barnabas Harrigan is just staring fucking daggers at you guys from across the circle. Are you kidding me? Devoth is staring back like... <laughs> uh, I'm just like flashing my grin like, yeah, what's up? Can't, <laughs> can't touch me today. <laughs> yeah, Scram, Scram is absolutely doing the same exact... Like, there's a boat of confidence that, like, I'm just standing next to Devoth like, we started at the bottom, now we're here, bitch. <laughs> I'm best friends with the Island Eater. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, with that, everybody is excused back to their ships. And after about an hour or so of shouting, cursing, and jostling for position, all competing ships finally arrange themselves in rough formation behind the starting line, which is drawn between the Kraken and another ship, the Ocean's Revenge. All eyes look to the Master of Gales, who stands atop a rocky promontory on Cauldron Rock. He raises both arms to the sky and unleashes a flashing bolt of lightning down into the surf, signaling the start of the race and the end of this week's episode. We'll see you next week! (laughs) See ya! See ya! See ya! Dude, that's gonna be so helpful when someone puts a Mr. Fog out in front of you. Who's Mr. Fog? A mist or a mist or I was like, how did Nick know the the main villain already? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Fog. <laughs>